0: Dr. Nimrod Mbeli is an academic, a successful businessman who has a talent to simplify business and make it relevant beyond the boardroom. Catch Dr. Nimrod Mbeli live in Beyond Governance Tuesdays at 6 p.m. This is Beyond Governance with Dr. Nimrod Mbeli.
1: A very good evening to everyone and welcome to Beyond Governance. My name is Nimrod um, on this rather chilly um, Tuesday. as always, I'm delighted to be in your company, and tonight is definitely not an exception. I'm hopeful that um, the show will not disappoint uh, as we continue to unravel complex corporate governance issues facing public and private sector. Before we go into tonight's menu, let me do what I normally do. After all, it's an African theme to <coughs> acknowledge those who came before you. I'm Cathy Taylor. Thank you very much, uh, Vusi, uh, Lindy and Zanati. Uh, they'll be back tonight, and um, tomorrow I beg your pardon, giving you exactly what they've given you today um, Tonight, uh, obviously, I'm not moving, I'm not flying solo, I always have Thabo who is the technical producer for the show and, um, you know, technically he's my boss and uh, every time when we go on air uh, he'll be, he'll make sure that the, the ship um, sail accordingly um, Tonight we're having a very interesting conversation um, which speaks to turnaround strategies uh, for most companies that are pretty much in distress. Uh, we know that, uh, um, and, um, you know, a number of companies um, have come to the fore. Um, didn't mention, but a few. We've got KPMG, we've got bay we've got VBS, we've got McKenzie, uh and so on and so forth. These are companies that have seen a number of um, uh, challenges um <coughs> So the question is how do we bring them back, um, you know, because some of them are capable of being brought back. Obviously others aren't. Um, the question, you know, uh, uh, you know, it's a matter of how do we make sure that um, investors, stakeholders across the board are informed and, and whether some of these entities uh, can be redeemed. Um, tonight I'm not flying I'm not solo. I have uh, two of my special guests, um, Eric Stillerman, who will be joining us later on uh, via the line. Um, he is the CEO of business, um, London Business School, SA. And, of course, in my studio my guest is Justice Ndaba. Um, the, he is the executive at Knowledge Jankas Group, Adam Zolisi Ntumanda from um, Ntumanda and Advisory Services. Um, colleagues, uh, without any waste of time, welcome to Beyond Governance. Good evening, Doug.
2: Thank you. Uh, good evening. It's good to be here.
1: Guys, we just had a fantastic chat before the show and suddenly you go call them. <laughs> a is it the weather or what? No, no, I still have to warm up. You still have to warm up? Yeah. Okay, thank you very I, I thank you very much guys for, for coming through. Um as as always I I implore your input. Um, please send us your thoughts. Uh, our SMS line is three four five one nine five and the WhatsApp line is O six one Eight nine one zero one nine, and of course my email address is nimrod uh, at chai do do Um We've already set the scene um, in terms of what um, you know some of the typical couple governing challenges that we've seen over a period of time. A, a bit of a reflection, one might say. Let's look at other incidents that happened in the past. I mean, quick reflection on our on on. on and on scandal which happened back in two thousand and one. That's so, shareholders losing close to seventy four billion rands, Thousands of employees and investors lost their um, retirement accounts, and many employees lost their jobs. Um, that's one. That's one. Site we had. Um, welcome scandal back in two thousand and two, which was characterized by inflated assets by as much as eleven billion rands, leading to or leading up to thirty thousand job losses, and about one hundred and eighty billion rands losses for, invest, for for investors, and Tyco, an American international group, the Lehman Brothers. So the list goes on and on and on and on. Um, fundamentally, the question tonight is, how do we turn around companies that are in distress as a result of epic corporate governance failures? I want to start with my colleagues uh, who are on the studio tonight. Uh, Mzolisi, uh, your take, because we know for the fact that, you know, these things are bound to happen. and They have happened. Um, the question, I think the million-dollar question to anybody who have interest in companies um, such as these, to say, um, how do you turn them around? Um, wh- where do you start in turning around these companies? I think the first thing you, that you should do is to,
2: you know, admit that there's a problem. Um secondly you from the from day one you become absolutely honest about what you do to your stakeholders, what you intend doing to your stakeholders. Sure, these things don't happen overnight. It's gonna take time, but every step of the time of, of the step every step of the way you have to have confidence of your stakeholders and be honest with them all the time. I mean I'm reminded of what happened to KPMG, South Africa, for instance, where as soon as the new chairman was appointed, that is, Professor Nkosi was appointed, he was honest about what needs to be done. He did not deny what happened. He answered every question, a lot of them uncomfortable questions, but he, asked, he answered them frankly. And what was quite interesting with him was that what he said was, needs to happen, was well, that we need to change the culture of the organization. Emphasis on ethics. Emphasis on doing things with integrity. Emphasis on getting trust from all the stakeholders. So in other words, they've opened themselves up to what they want to do, and people will then judge them as, 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 as they go along in this, in this difficult chain of theirs, whether they actually
1: live up to what they promise. Thanks, thanks, O for that uh, um, input. You actually touched on a very important point, which um, I want to ask um, you know, my guest here as well, Justice Ndab, around organizational culture. We know that most of these issues happened because leadership impressed upon um, different layers of employees to become very competitive, to become to be very competitive. Uh, and then it is in the nature of competitiveness where people found... Uh, 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 Wondering, in from ethical point of view. Um, surely, you know, that requires a different approach uh, because the, the, if you're going to exert pressure in terms of the t- targets that, um, you know, shareholders are expecting in terms of in the form of dividends, it is inevitable that people are going to take shortcuts. Um, it is not so much that people are, non- are not aware of ethical requirements, in conducting business, mm. um, it is just the pressure at some point undue pressure from above. Um, can't leadership um, at an executive level push back and say, you know, these are the unintended, unintended consequences of um, you know uh, of, of targets
3: that are simply not attainable? Can can you take that line? Well, thanks, Doc. Um, I think I must just agree with my colleague about the the fact that um, one of the key things is bringing stakeholders along but to answer your question, uh, it is very critical that if you indeed you are dealing with um, restoring public trust one of the key casualties needs to be a leadership change which is why I, I think you you for, for, for you to begin to turn around, you need a totally new, leadership both at the governance level and at the at the executive level if you do that then you begin to to restore some of the trust at least because then you you have a good starting point people begin to see that the something is happening here then they will judge you when you begin to communicate intimately and intensely with them thereafter bring them on board about what is it that you're doing, what are, which is why when I assess, uh, for instance, as a turnaround person, what KPMG is beginning to do, I'm beginning to have a little confidence about the fact that, unlike many others, they are likely to turn around indeed. Because I think when I analyze them, they begin to touch all of what I call seven areas that are critical in, in turning around. Because if you look at, yes, it's unfortunate that at this point um, they have to let go of over 400 people. But that is a consequence of uh, operational restructuring because you cannot turn around unless you restructure. So, and they started at the, at, the, at the right spot for me because one of the key changes that they made was to overhaul the whole executive team. I mean, they brought in... Um, the lady, uh, what's her name, Ntlamo. N- Ntlamo. and then they also changed the chair of the board. If you look at the chair structure, the board <coughs> structure, let's look at uh, who's at the, at the head, Professor Wiseman. And we all know that, um, when it comes to governance, there's no better person, they don't come second to prof. And then they also have ANSI, uh. Uh, what's the name again? Ansi Ramalo. I uh, remember Ansi, who is now one of the, I think she's the deputy chair now of, 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 of assisting prof. And and, and I know Ansi from um, the IOD. She was once a CEO there. Very pro- In fact, I think one of her key achievements is, is, is being on the review panel of King 4. So so it's, it shows that they are serious in terms of restoring their governance because that's where it fell apart. So you have key professionals coming who would not uh, risk their names uh, on, the, on, the, on the basis of um, deterioration of governance. So that is encouraging. So to answer your question, and that is where the beginning of a new culture will emanate from talking of a new culture um, i think I I, I I can
1: relate with some of your assertion, uh, ndaba but one thing that that i think is missing perhaps maybe uh, you might give heads up it is the the notion of transformation mm. in and in its entire in, in its entirety um, yes when you have new board leadership it's part of transformation mm. when you have new executives part of transformation but to what extent Do we appreciate um, transformation, not only from a racial point of view, because what we've seen at KPMG, in my mind, is more of a transformation which has a racial dimension to it. Um, I want to to talk at the principle level that uh, transformation ought to speak to to issues of gender, yes, race, yes, but also diversity diversity in terms of viewpoints. Mm. Um, It's a fallacy to assume that when you have a... Uh, a certain race, um, you know, dominating in a particular dispensation or in a particular boardroom, issues are going to be the same, you know. Um, diversity is important because what in, in a diverse environment you're able to bring in views that could enhance uh, board performance, even executive performance. Mm-hmm. Um, to what extent do you think part of the turnaround um, uh, is reflective on issues such as... Um, Geographical representation or regional representation, at least in terms of thought processes, mm. because someone who comes from a different, um, you know, ge- geographical location brings into any leadership and management space, um, you know, dynamics as to how people in a particular region think and act.
3: Mm.
1: For example, I mean, um, when you go up North Africa, there's a completely different thinking mentality. Mm. In terms of how to business mm. compared to uh, somebody who comes from from the south, mm. so to what extent is um, part of the transformation agenda more broadly take cognizance of geographical representation because we we managed to take the race and gender, which for me it's something that is acceptable, but we need to look at transformation more broadly. You know, I'm I even even you know I'm even want to add. Ideological, you know, ideological um, um, views, which are fundamental. In some instances, you can't have the board that things are alike. You need to have somebody that drags the cage. To what extent, as part of your broad transformation um, agenda, would you cater for these kinds of issues?
2: Very important,
1: uh, talk. See, the
2: absolutely important. The diversity we are talking about here um, as a diversity that is not there is, sure diversity in, in in terms of race, but diversity in terms of skill is important. Diversity in terms of outlook, uh, because you, you know once you have a board that thinks and looks at uh, things the same, you might might as well not have a board because that board is not going to help you. So it is absolutely crucial that you have uh, the diversity that you need different companies will require different type if that makes sense different type of diversity depending on the nature of the business depending on what they're trying to do uh you know you, you spoke about strategy etc you know those things will come into into play but you've got you've got to have div- diversity there's no there's no question and I agree with that but i just wanted to come back to go back to to the point that we made earlier about nkushu and what nkushu is trying to do uh, and i agree with uh justice uh at what nkushu is trying to do but what's also important with what is, um, what is trying to do there is actually um, the fact that the global chairperson, chairman of KPMG talks the same language mm. of integrity, the need for integrity, the need for trust, that's important mm. because then you have two you know, people who are key in the turnaround of KPMG mm. who talk the same language no contradiction there that is important that's why i agree with you mm. justice when you say uh, you like the way kpmg have, have gone about this mm. because they didn't spend any time trying to deny anything other than companies that we know in south africa you know where they spend a lot of time to justify or mm. deny or, or defend mm. that which is not which you can't defend mm. kpmg i think is on the right track it's mm. a pity that we in the process are going to lose you know 400 jobs that's not that's not good. Mm. But in terms of diversity, I mean, there's no question about it. Uh, we, we can't be talking
1: about diversity in, in terms of race and gender. We need to go beyond that. Absolutely, absolutely. While, we, while on the topic, we are now joined uh, on, on, online by Eric Stillnerman. Um, Eric, are you there? Good evening.
0: Yeah, good evening, Nimrod. How are you?
1: Thank you very much uh, for taking time. Hi, Eric. Yeah, Thank you. Hello, Eric. Yes, Eric. Uh, I mean, I mean, you came just at the right time when we talking talking KPMG um, yeah. in terms of um, you know, its turnaround um, strategy. Colleagues, yeah. colleagues are reflecting quite deeply in terms of um, some of the uh, ticket items which um, leadership of KPMG has really started in terms of cleaning uh, its act. Unfortunately, there are consequences um, in, when we look at these issues. Your take in terms of what would be salient points at, as part of the restructuring uh, program at, at KPMG.
0: Okay. Thanks very much, Nimrod. I've just tuned in, and uh, I've given it some thoughts since you uh, 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 invited me earlier today. I also consulted with the South African Institute of uh, Chartered Accountants, because um, <coughs> we have an ethical code, as, as I'm, I'm a CA and as to, you know, what we can talk about, about our own profession. And the view that they gave me was that we can make fair comment. Um, obviously, it's got to be based on substantiated fact and not speculation and not unfounded allegations or whatever. It brings our profession into disrepute. So uh, I, I, I was really pleased to hear. And, of course, they've also distanced themselves from KPMG. And this whole matter... Is in the public domain so i feel free to comment i'm sure there'll be other cas listening and will have their own views so my gut reaction at this point in time is that it was absolutely vital that kpmg um is is going on a turnaround mission to rescue the firm we've got an over concentration you know, it's the big four, if KPMG had to withdraw or fold, um, we would have a big three. we in a situation, banks need two auditors, um, and who do you appoint? You know, it's a kind of a musical chairs between three players. It, 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 it actually threatens the whole fabric of um, corporate governance in, in South Africa and anywhere, really, that so many people place reliance on auditors. Uh, for, for for assurance of, of the financial statements, for investment decisions. The whole market depends on it. So, uh, I, I, I just caught uh, your guests um, also saying that, uh, you know, I, I, I feel that so far KPMG's gone at the, uh, about it the right way. I was very pleased personally to see that uh, KPMG International has come into the picture uh, to take responsibility uh, for what happened here, and to lend their own um, expertise and 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 resources to to help the the local firm, uh, and and to um, somehow uh, give it uh, rebuild the brand and and, and the uh, the credibility that is so vital to to getting order. I think when we chatted earlier, and I noted what was happening on Twitter and the conversations in social media about the loss of the 400 jobs, you know, one's first instinct is to say, okay, they lost the work, they, they lost the Auditor General, that's huge amount of work, they lost uh, APSA, they lost uh, Psycho, they lost a lot of work, and they're cutting 400 out of 2,400 jobs. Uh, you know, so it, it's, a, a, it's a necessary sort of um, retrenchment. To, to uh, otherwise, they won't survive. But then, on reflection, when I saw that so many people felt that that employees, workers, should not really be suffering for the for the sins of of, of the senior management and directorate who who went and committed, you know, some kind of corrupt act. That brought the the their firm into disrepute and lost in the world. One would think then that maybe KPMG International has the sorts of resources that can be brought to bear to actually save those jobs and to reallocate perhaps uh, those uh, some of the people to offer them work internationally, and or even to bear the cost uh, uh, of of of, the, of those people. <coughs> In this whole exercise, instead of making them the sacrificial lambs for the whole process,
1: I'm glad you raised that point, um, Eric. Because I was I was really battling with it because the the 400 odd uh, you know uh, you know individuals who are now sacrificial lamb as he is putting it should not yep. really bear the brunt of misfortune uh, done yep. by 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 the executives. Yeah, uh, and, and and part of the turnaround strategy, in my mind, this would. Pretty much dampen. I understand the, the 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 bottom line issues. They have lost a lot of yeah. clients, and it is understandable as part of the restructuring. You have to obviously downsize, but uh, one would one would caution against the downsize which come as a result of um, you know uh, illicit deals that 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 occurred at, at the top. I would imagine some of these guys had nothing to do with it. They are individuals that really you know, uh, you know work very hard. Surely, surely something needs to be done uh, to, to gain the yeah. public trust, because I don't think this kind of uh, restructuring enhances the uh, campaigns in so insofar as gaining public trust.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, if you think of it, uh, if it had just been a local fruit and for their very survival, you know, they had to trim their, their costs. I mean, if you look at ESCOM, uh, uh, there are now recommendations that they've got to retrench a whole lot of people in order to stay viable. There's no other source of money. Uh, you know, the government can't uh, bail them out any further. So they have to cut their cloth uh, to 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 be sustainable. But in the case of KPMG, when you have an international player, that's a m- huge... Inter- I mean, we're a fraction, a tiny percentage of the world um, economy. You would think that they would put some resources in to save uh, those jobs and to to... to, to, to
1: uh, unfortunately, unfortunately We're going to leave it there um, um, Eric no, but, but
0: In general it's, it's, it's good to see that they're taking action
1: No, no, no Thank you very much for your contribution Unfortunately the line is not that great um, okay, sure. Once again, thank you very much Eric
0: Nimrod and i Listening on radio Thank, Thank you so much. Have a nice evening.
1: Thank you, sir. Thank you. That, that was uh, Eric Stillerman, the CEO of uh, London Business School SA, giving us his thoughts around um, the kind of restructuring process which KPMG is currently going through. He made a very interesting point which, which I was pondering about earlier on in that part, yes, we understand that me- massive exodus of your clients will have implications on your bottom line. But in the same vein, um, you know, 400-odd uh, employees are bearing the brand for something they did not do. Um, surely that can't be a sustainable way of getting yourself out of the dwang. Your take, Justice.
3: Yeah, uh, Doc, thanks. I was listening to Eric, but I mean, um, and I would respond in this way. To be fair to KPMG, in this instance, let's, let's look at what they have done. Obviously, the 400, the um Jobs come as a result of restructuring because what they have done now is they've restructured the business to focus on four hubs, you know, PE, uh, Durban, uh, Johannesburg, Cape Town, um, and like Eric said, um, it's 400 out of 2,000 jobs, and the manner in which they're going to go about it is to open it up to voluntaries first. So, so, so in other words. People who would be living to exit, uh, willing to exit, would be allowed the opportunity to be able to do that. Obviously, with uh, uh, they have right of refusal because they need to maintain certain skills internally. And the second point also is that um, on the after the first, uh, I think, early last year, if you remember, they, they, they did a diagnosis study, and all of the executives at the, who were responsible for, for this, many of them have been exited, in, 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 in all honesty. That is why I'm saying, if you look at what they have done, they have uh, totally ensured that those executives resp- uh, responsible for what has happened. In order to retain trust, they had to go, and that's what they've done. And they they've, uh, uh, close to all 20, if you look at it, uh, have been exited. And in fact, even the ones that uh, were recently exited who had originally been retained, they, uh, you remember the issue about VBS. Mm-hmm. Those two executives were, were, were also immediately within a week uh, kicked out. So, what I'm trying to say is that while you're dealing with the crisis, one of the key turnaround issues is crisis management. Now, it is how you respond and manage the crisis that will. And at this point, I'm saying that they're managing that crisis very well in terms of dealing with it directly and not hiding. As, as, I mean, you, I know you always want to mention Steinhoff. Let's assess the two cases
1: okay. and compare. On, on, on that point, we want to let's take a break. I mean, you, you just sort of jumped the gun here because, uh, let's take a break and come back in a second.
0: Mm-hmm. This is Beyond Governance with Dr. Nimrod Belly.
1: Welcome back. It is now eighteen to seven. Uh, I'm joined in studio by Justice Indaba as well as Msolisi Mkumanda from Mkumanda uh, Adversary Services. We are dealing with a very complex issues around the turnaround strategies that is normally expected to companies that are in distress as a result of colossal of uh, corporate governance uh, um, challenges. And 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 the issue at hand before we into the break um, is that you know the kinds of Practical steps uh, which KPMg is undertaking um, to redeem itself um, and, and and obviously my, my, my only concern as far as, as as part of that uh, reconfiguration process is the consequences um, around you know the four hundred people that are likely to lose their jobs um, and it 's common cause that you know as part of the transformation um, people are going to lose jobs, but my bone of contention. And I still maintain that point is that had it not been of the shenanigans um, done by senior executive, these four hundred jobs would not have been compromised and, and which requires a different approach as part of the restructuring that um, i mean shape is a, is, a, is a part of a global brand, and I want to align my thought processes with Eric here because it, it is correct that you can 't um, sacrifice these other guys. And, and and you can't also, in my view, Justice, you, you can't defend this position on a basis that it, it, it is restructuring. It is restructuring um, activated by corporate governance failures. You know, had it not been of the corporate epic, colossal corporate governance failures, that kind of restructuring, the chances are well, nobody would be talking about it. Your thoughts about it?
2: Yeah, I'm sort of caught in the middle here. Maybe, <laughs> maybe the. <laughs> Uh, one thing that we haven't spoken about, by the way, uh, and and I'll come—it's uh, linked to, to 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 response to what you're asking me. One thing we haven't spoken about is the fact that when KPMG International looks at Sarah, KPMG South Africa, they don't look at South Africa as a country; mm. they look at Africa as a continent. Mm. South Africa being the springboard in, into into the continent, so it's important for KPMG South Africa to survive, mm. so that KPMG. Africa actually survives, because mm. all these firms actually operate from South Africa into in, the rest of the continent. Now, my sort of compromise would be perhaps some of the 400 uh, employees that are going to lose their jobs, if the number is, is, is correct, would be perhaps to be seconded to some of the African countries um, with a view to imparting some of the, you know, I, I'm assuming some of the, four, some in the 400. Uh, you know, a senior, senior managers, and, and perhaps partners. Uh, you know, those. You know, there's, there's scope for that, for 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 those. Some of them to be seconded to some of the to some of the country, uh, continent. Some of the countries in the continent. I don't know. Perhaps that ought to be the, the you know, the, the the compromise that I, would, you know, offer on the
1: table between. Justice and, 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 and you guys. I, I mean I couldn't agree with you more because I mean this is the most humane thing to do. But but uh, earlier on we spoke about the, the how which which is on a, more on the positive side. Yeah. Um, credit to KPMG in terms of how managing this managed in this crisis, so to speak. Uh, uh, when you juxtapose how KPMG managed this saga vis-a-vis Stanov, uh, we 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 all seem to agree that KPMG is managing it much better compared to Stanhoff. Mm. Uh Why would you say Stanov is not as responsive uh, compared to KPMG?
3: Well, I always say there's uh, there's about seven key pillars that i always talk about one of them i mean i'm just my colleague has spoken about making sure because the first pillar is always making sure that you are able to demonstrate that the core business is viable so you you know if you're turning around you have to make sure that you have demonstrated that fact so you have to hold the fort and ensure that this business is viable because at that point you have to show that Then you have a business But let's talk about the question Um, One of the key pillars as well Is reputational management right? And reputational management Is about Restoring trust Restoring trust means that How are you communicating To different stakeholders And the public is one of the stakeholders Customers are the stakeholders If you look at um, the manner in which at this point, we're talking about KPMG. If you go to any media space, you are likely to get almost to the T information about where KPMG is at in terms of uh, the actions that they are taking. On the other hand, if you look at the other party, you have to dig to find out what is it that they're doing. you know. And in fact, you when you do find out, it's either information that is not consistent, that probably comes from one of the shareholder activists, or if they stand up themselves, issues anything is about uh, three weeks later from the when the incident happened. You know, when when look at the key. Uh, that is why I was, when I was talking about crisis management, at the nearest point of the event, what do you, what are you communicating? I mean, yesterday. Um, today, KPMG says 400 people. They communicate today. If it was the other side, we would be waiting two weeks and they would in commu- So in that sense, you, you you begin to say the other parties, most of the information, are you going to trust it? If, you, if the person says, no, we want to... Then you see a lot of restructuring. You say, no, we, we're doing this. We want to go back to... Uh, PepCO Africa, and all of that, but even that information comes in bits and pieces, and you probably they do that because they have to undertake the process of renaming so so they have to communicate, but there 's no clear communication about key activities to bring the public into confidence about uh, managing their reputation
1: You see great stuff, great stuff but but here 's something that is that, that I, I I concur with you. Uh, when it comes to standoff, um, I mean, this is a company that lost lost more than hundred billion rands within forty eight hours. Mm. You know, um, I mean, that that uh, would make what the Gupta stole look like <laughs> nothing. Which, by the way, they embezzled or stole over, the, over over a ten year period, so to speak. These guys okay. managed to to mess up uh, over over hundred billion rands within a very short space of of time, within a week or yeah. so. Uh, for that matter But but here's an issue that uh, some of the commentators From time to time bring about uh, Particularly when you are lambasting uh, Corporate governance Corruption or corruption in corporate governance I mean in, 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 in corporates Compared to how you um, Attack it in the in public, in public space. space The language that has been used some, some people argue that the language that has been used Is more lenient When dealing with private sector you know, uh, shenanigans. I mean, 100, 100 billion rands or 146 billion rands, whatever the figure is, at some point it's 120, at 100, some point it's 146. Be that as it may, it's a quite sizable chunk uh, which requires some level of, of, of intensity yeah. in terms of, of, of the interrogation. Why do you think, um, or is there is there a merit in those that suggest that, um, you know, private sector... Corruption is dealt with ne- uh, leniently as compared to public sector corruption.
2: Yeah, I, I think there is. Um, there's no question about it. Because, you know, the, the private sector is very soft on on. It, you know, it starts with the language, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Second thing it is it does it has to do with, with um, reporting on on, on, on on some of the fraud and corruption. Uh, you know that, that that's going on. Yeah, they, you know the language that they use is sort of massaged accounting irregularities. <laughs> you know that that's basically a crime, mm. and it needs to be seen as such mm. and dealt dealt with as such. So I I I, I agree with that. Um, and for as long as we 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 massage some of these things, the preface that they will not go away. You know the, I, I always have this issue about uh, whenever there's there's a problem a collapse. Uh, in, in, in 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 some of these companies in the private sector, I tend not to look at them in isolation. I look at w- w- what what is the role of regulator authorities, mm. uh, particularly in, in with listed mm. companies. Mm. Because, for instance, when you talk about mm. when we when we talk about the boards, we, we talk about what ought what you know what they ought to have known. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing. I think we should we should same standard we should should be applied to uh, entities like ERBA, JSC, JSC, for instance. You know your, mm. in, your institutional investors, mm. because um, and, and there's no there's in, in all these. I mean, the standoff standoff is the biggest so far, mm. and no, I haven't seen any spotlight being shown on JSC for the role that places ought to have played.
3: Mm.
1: You know, etc, etc. So I I agree that we, 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 we but what, what does it mean though? I mean um that, that definite silence from um you know institutions such as JC as as you putting it, what accounts for that silence?
2: Yeah, you're gonna get me into trouble now. <laughs> um I, I think a lot of it has 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 to do with lack of transformation. Mm. Uh, Because the, you know, we're talking about the companies uh, in question as well as the people who run regulatory authorities. These Mm. are people who come from the same background Mm. with the same outlook, same thinking in in some instances. You don't have anyone who thinks differently. You don't ever, who, that is, there's no, there's hardly anyone who would challenge, you know, some of the stuff that's going on or see it differently. I, I think the big part of it uh, has to do with that, without getting into uh, in, into travel.
1: Yeah, but 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 here's something that that um, I appreciate where you come from. Um, so, but um, we've got you know Kim Fo, um, first and foremost. One of the one of the principles is ethical leadership, and surely that is that's something that cuts across, irrespective of whether it's JSE, uh, Steinhoff, Anglo. It doesn't really matter. Uh, we ought to apply the same principle in terms of accountability. The question yeah. is why, in some instances, uh, we we are not as rigorous as we ought to be. Mm. The balls in these entities are not as as present as they as as they as they are expected to be.
3: Yeah, look, uh, I must agree with my colleague here. In fact, um, to add to his point, let's look at um, generally when incidents happen in the public space in the public um, entities, um, I think the criticism largely is pointed at the what you would call the voice because generally the media space, whether electronic or print, are the ones who would run consistently stories of an SOE and the collapse thereof. And when it happens the other side, they would have an article, and that would not even be a sustained article as they would do with the other side. So apart from the institutions, w- let's also point out that the media themselves, even if they would report on a Steinhoff or whatever, but it's not a sustained reporting in the same vein that they would have on a pu- public entity. So I think, and, and that is a reflection of... Um, you know where the voice is coming from because if they 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 were reporting in a balanced way, you would have a sustained story. Um, we I don't discount the fact that we hear because they would argue that no no you you heard about STERNAF because we reported it. But like that is why I'm underlining the word sustained reporting because um, I mean if you look at some of the reports of pu- public SOEs. Those stories have been running a year or two now on a sustained basis, you know. So we don't have the same things across for the, for the private entities that the media would focus on and, 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 and in, in the, with the same energy, at least. Doc, let, let's be clear.
2: If you go and have a look at, at some of the... It's all of these companies that have run into problems corruption and stuff. You look at their annual reports, the corporate governance section of the annual report, all of them talks about how they abide by their code of conduct and keep King 4, King 3, all those things.
1: So this is lip service, basically. Mm. It is absolutely lip service. Absolutely. Because
2: what they say there and what they do in practice are completely two different things. And no one, no one, no one in the private sector, in the media, mm. raises a voice about the, about something like that. Because I'm tempted to say, some of these guys do these things because they know they can get away with them.
1: But but here's a question uh, for me. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll pretty much align you with what you just said um, in in a sense of of of, of um, you know you know uh, impunity because that's what essentially what you're saying. Sure. Is it not the the moral and political uh, obligation on the side of investors, um, shareholders, to, to to be seen to apply prudence because it is in their best interest in the long term to, to to ask robust and difficult questions and clear you know this kind of cloud surrounding how corporations are managed and governed um, for a simple reason had it not if KPMG uh, you know shareholders were as active. As they ought to, ought to have been, you know, firstly among you know by allowing voice of dissent and being robust about transformation issues, not only about race, um, they would have circumvented this thing. Yeah. It is it, it it is it is a business case on its own for shareholders and executive to ensure that a, a sustainability is not only about 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 numbers, it's about ethics. Mm, ethics yeah. should be at the centre. Mm. Surely there's something that um you know boards and executives need to you know you know derive pleasure in, in, in accentuating from time to time. Yeah. But w- what is the what, what
3: is the dilemma? What is what is the what is the huddle? <laughs> Look, I, 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 I said the last time when we were here, um, you know, because many of these boards have very, very astute uh, professionals on them. So and and year on year, of all of the collapse companies, all those executives and board members, they received large sums of bonuses <laughs> from the same companies. In any case, but I think it's in uh, when I, what I said the last time was it, it is in the manner in which we get reports most probably because to be fair to the, our fellow accountants, uh, most most of the information is historical <laughs> by that time. There's not, obviously, management accounts come uh, from time to time, but by the time that even some of these boards are able to see um, the rot, it's too late. I mean, the Stanof case is an example. Given the complexity of the entities within the Stanoff group, you know, by the time they combine, because, I mean, that's how probably Justo got away with it, because the complexity of the institution was such that the reporting in itself became complex. So whenever they saw the reports at board level and com- committee, some of these people, like, I think, they don't read pecs or whatever happens.
1: No, but 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 no, I, I beg to differ with you. I mean that 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 is just a lame excuse to to justify uh, maladministration. Mm. You can have as as complex. Uh, Configuration as you like, accountability can't be you know what I'm saying we don't at the board, at
3: board level we don't ask the right questions
1: maybe there's that, a different that's, that's what a, I'm saying exactly because if you have a competent boards that are not part of the body system because transformation also has to happen that mm. bring in people that are going to question. Mm. You know the status quo. Unless you get to the point, do you have a different view? Though? no,
2: I don't. Uh, what I just what I wanted to to say with regard to standoff uh, and and the board, what board ought to have known, was that according to Financial Mail, um, one reporter raised red flags in two thousand and
1: seven,
2: mm. two thousand and seven. That's 11, 12 years ago.
3: Mm.
2: Uh, if if you take it up to last year, December, ten years ago. They raised um, red flags on Steinoff's accounts in 2007. Nothing happened. Mm. Well, something happened. Steinoff executives, um, you know, sort of bullied the journalists, the, the the mm. uh, uh, you know, reportedly into, into silence. And, and nothing, you know, I mean? this, this, to me, these small things mm. that actually go along. Because once the, you read something that, as a board member, I mean, you, 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 you talk about it. At, at the That's next board I'm meeting. At, 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 you know, uh, next
3: time you talk to the CEO. Let, mm. let, let's give you an example. What, what what are the Capitec board members saying at this point? I mean, with the Vice report. That's a good example. Mm. Because that That's story, if there's no interrogation of it, two years down the line, we'll be talking something else. We'll mm. be talking a yeah. stand-off for Capitec. Yeah. Same example.
1: I, I'm oh. glad that you raised that point. Uh, and as we are about to wrap up very quickly, your quick um, you know, uh, points as to what are the typical points that one has to look at when you're doing a turnaround. Start with you, Justice, and you and, and you, you I'll give up. you
3: seven in point form. Demonstrate that the core business is viable. Manage key stakeholders and communicate with them. Um, ensure credibility of key leadership. Manage your reputation very, very sufficiently. Uh, ensure that your suppliers um you know are informed throughout to keep the business sustained. and we need to know that there's sufficient cash flow that we need to manage and 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 that is besides ensuring that your crisis management structures are in place
1: thank you thank you thanks uh, Justice for that for that um, heads up so let's see. After, after hearing this I can <laughs> load, uh, say two.
2: Uh, that 's communication I think mean, communicate, 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 and then be transparent mm.
1: in, in whatever you do uh, uh, maybe as as I'm, as i 'm wrapping up uh, you know what, one thing that perhaps maybe we have not really gone in too deep in or you know is, is the whole issues of um, you know uh, lifestyle audit for executive in private sector uh, because of the organizational culture, it is very difficult which promote competitive outer competitiveness. Um, And part of the turnaround strategy could be amongst others, how do we, you know, how do executive or what sort of, um, you know, regulatory environment that looks at lifestyle audit amongst others um, as a way of mitigating the risk? Because if you don't have that kind of uh, checks and balances, the chances are, um, you know, the kind of wave of, of colossal, of corporate governance failures will be sustained. Yes, Unfortunately, we're going to leave it there. Yeah. It has been a pleasure, gentlemen. Thank you very much for your insight. Thank you, Doc. Thank you, Doc. Until we meet again, have a good one.